1: Let me bang I bang. do let you I bang. bang. Hey. Let me bang you, Jesus, man. I let you bang.
2: Greetings, Marriage very good. Go for Jesus. No, forget Jesus people. And hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers.
0: Ladies and gentlemen. It is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California. It's
3: MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter.
1: Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? What's up, people? We've got a brand new MMA Roasted podcast today. We got Greg Romero Wilson, one of the funniest hey, people. Hey. 20 people alive actually uh right behind McCorkle who's also one of the 20 people alive uh if you guys are not following Corkle on Facebook you are missing out because uh this dude does not give a fuck like in person and even on the show he holds back but then you get into these like Facebook modes where you're just like blasting everybody uh in the world so make sure you guys follow him on Instagram Facebook and Twitter because talk about uh better something better than TV and then we have Wean Dog uh, as well. Am I popping right now? Uh,
4: uh, yeah, uh, maybe turn the audio on your speakers down a little bit.
1: Okay, all right. There's no feedback. Uh yeah, all right. Is this better right here? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. fine. So we got a brand new podcast. Uh, it's been a crazy week. I'll talk about my book for a second. First of all, my daughter, who I because I, I, I have two, I have a two-year-old daughter. She refuses to wear pants in public. Uh, so we go to the <laughs> park. <laughs> And it's chilly. I mean, and like chilly in L.A. is like 60. But still, like there's like creepy people in the park. And also, if she, if she gets a cold, that's on me. I'm going to get in trouble. And then I'm going to get banned and take her to the park and yada, yada, yada. So uh, I have to fight with her for like 30 minutes. And she's stubborn. She's like, no. I'm like, all right, then we're not going to ballet class. Fine. So now we're fighting for 30 minutes about me trying to get pants on her. And this is my karma for trying to get girls' pants off them my entire life is having a daughter that won't wear pants Uh, this is actually this is this is god fucking with me mccorkle you're you're a father of a daughter any uh advice on how to get my daughter to wear pants
0: yeah i uh man this may seem a little harsh but i only had to spank both my kids once and it was both when they were old enough to tell me no when they understood what it meant you know as far as like i told them to do something they said no i just swatted their butts and uh, like gave them a real spanking when they said no to me. I mean, not like do you have to go to the bathroom? And they say no, but like when I tell them something directly to do, and they say no, and look at me, you know. So I just uh, spanked them both, and I never had, I never heard no again. Like I just, they just did what I said from that point on. Like we didn't do counting. I didn't do a second chance. You did what I said immediately when I told you to do it, and that was a uh, saved them, uh, probably saved their lives. I would like to think. Um, no, no, but hit to, me but to, rest of mine, I don't
3: know. But, but to be clear, you're like six six. <laughs> <laughs> 380 pounds. I just feel like your lightest SWAT is still harder than my full b- body twisting forward punch. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying that may have had something to do with it. Maybe they, they just woke up. Actually, they just woke well, up. They were in a, I, don't,
0: <laughs> I don't recommend parents turn the shoulder over when they give the SWAT to the kid. Like I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wind up or anything. But. uh yeah, no, it was more the, uh, just the disapproval, I think, and probably the swap from a giant man that brought him straight. But uh, yeah, I just, that's the way my dad raised us. Um, and I don't know, for better or worse, like there was no second chance. There was no time out. There's no anything. You do what I say when I tell you to do it. And that's that. And it's a lot harder with girls than it is with boys. I'll give you that. Like my daughter, um, to this day, it's hard for me to say no to anything she asks. You know, I mean, she could ask me to do anything. And I used to I used to throw things up in the air and let them slam me in the face while I would lay on the ground to make my kids laugh. Like, if they, we started with a G.I. Joe man (laughs) laying down on the floor and I would throw it up and try to hit the ceiling fan with it as it was spinning. And if it would come down, hit me in the face, they would crack up. So then it went to matchbox cars, then it went to bigger cars, then it went to massive things like, hey, we throw this in there and see if. If it doesn't like the full fans, size cars. Yeah, yeah, it was actual real cars. Then
1: <laughs> uh, I to, uh, to your ex wife too. Your ex wife was there. You throw your ex wife, and then she her face exploded. Um, yeah, I was trying to trying to dodge everything she was throwing. Also, but the, the
0: real thing I found that uh, will straighten any kid up, especially teenagers. Man, and I've had to do it with my kids is uh, I just threatened to make them watch Brendan Schaub's comedy special. <laughs> we got one early they too. Had, uh, That's I wish an I early loved one. That. I immediately that's- regretted not leading with that when you
1: uh, asked me that.
3: <laughs> now, the, you know, it's called the player's curse. You know that, right?
1: Yes. Yes, of course. What if is- you're
3: a player, God gives you uh, a girl. That's what happens. It's like, oh, you yeah. like taking advantage of women? Well, here you go. Now you're going to worry about guys doing that to your little girl for the rest of your fucking life. It's the player's curse. That. That's the way it goes. You I, never I, actually,
0: uh, I actually reversed it on God because I was a virgin when I got married at 19 years old and I had a daughter three years later. So then... Uh, like, since he gave me a girl, then I was a player later on, I think, to uh, get back at God. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> that joke sucks. All right. Yeah, the universe, the <laughs> universe, <laughs> universe evens wait, out. Wait, the wait,
3: universe wait. evens out. Let's just leave it at yeah. that.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was that. Then I actually, uh, so Friday night I had a show at a comedy club at Flappers. And they it was like 10 people in the crowd. That was a maximum. To actually sold out. It was only 10 people. Um, but we you made $40. It, but, it was, but it was live streamed. It was live streamed. You so it's basically their what their standard <laughs> amount of
3: audience has. <laughs> yeah, but only the, this time, only this time they got to the call it sold out. Can
4: okay. you guys explain why flappers is like the running joke in the LA comedy scene? Because everybody roasts flappers. And I, every time I've been there, it's been a decent club, you know. Why is it like the roast epicenter for the LA comedy scene?
1: I think because <laughs> when they first started out, they were doing a lot of bringer shows where you people could bring people to do comedy, and then they were trying to throw in real comics within that. But, like, so, like, you bring 10 people you could perform because they were trying to get an audience. So I yeah. guess people were seeing, like, comics that weren't ready kind of a thing. And then, uh, and then, I don't who knows? I don't care. They're booking me. For me, so. it's the fact that
3: they try to make most of the money off of the comics, not off the shows, not off the audience. They try to make it off the comedians. Like, you don't even get free water there. It's the worst. Like they wow. try, you don't get a discount on food. You don't get a discount on drinks. You don't get free bottles of water. You get nothing. All it is about trying to milk the comics that come through there. And that's always been my problem with them.
1: Well, whatever. I it felt great to have an actual show on a stage. Like it was the best. But afterwards, you know, people send me bought tickets and watched it virtually. And I asked my sister, how do you like it? She goes, I like your Zoom shows better. I go, what? She's like, yeah, What's I like the difference. Talk She's like, because you could talk to me. I'm like, yeah, because you're in a box. Like I, like, I actually like the Zoom shows are, are like, it's comedies, like asterisk, you know, like because it's like comedy without the laughter. So you don't get to actually feel good about what you're doing. Uh, it's good for running. <laughs> like Brendan Traub out- comedy. I got you. <laughs> it's like- There's two. <laughs> two hot ones. <laughs> Sorry. So, so that was that. Then, then Saturday, right? Saturday. I I think
3: we're gonna break the record. eh? We're on pace to break the record.
1: So Saturday, (laughs) I got booked to um, do commentary on a boxing match between two comedians. This guy Mikey Gordon, who goes by Dirty Ron, Ronald McDonald, because he looks like Ronald McDonald, but he's like Jack against Chris Espinoza, who was like his feature comic, and they they had beef, right? And then there were three- now, now, th- But they had a bunch of fights that night, right? Between comics, is not that right? No, that was a different one. I guess now comics are now fighting each other. Because yeah, just- I'm I, uh, uh, sorry, so go ahead. Yes. Yeah, there's two comic league, like, this is like the competing, there's like the one in Burbank, I think, it was like Joey Medina was involved and it was Steven Briggs, I guess Jason Chaney and these comics. But then this one was two <laughs> comics in San Diego. So I'm driving down and of course it's like during the Khabib fight and all that. So I order the pay-per-view on my phone and I'm driving, and then I'm pulling over for each fight. Like, so, like, and I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping it's like one so round, dumb. you know? <laughs> I keep pulling in, like, I'm watching it in, like, McDonald's parking lots, hoping it goes, like, one round, you know? Because I don't, I don't want to drive and, and watch it. Like, even that, like, uh, now that I have a kid, I'm... I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, that's like, very dangerous. That's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So, but I get there, and I'm like, I figured it'd be, like, six people, you know, because it was, it was, like, it would be sectioned off. There was about a hundred people in like a little in this little warehouse. Like it was nobody wearing masks, of course. And I thought MMA fans were crazy. First of all, they had three indie wrestling matches or four beforehand. Indie wrestling fans are insane. Like, uh, like, and then the, the the wrestlers were like "fuck you, motherfucker." And then the guys in the crowd were like, they curse each other out. And then actually, you know, you think that they don't actually, they're not in like the best shape by looking at them. These people are in really good shape, these wrestlers. They don't look like it. They all have like, a lot of them have like, you know, guts and bellies, but they're doing crazy aerobic shit. And then uh, I, was in, I was into it until, uh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, hey, come in. I was into This is a great head. part of the podcast. <laughs>
3: Whenever Adam answers the door, it's yeah. always the best part of the
1: show. Oh, of course. Well, you know, uh, uh, so life me, goes on. Somebody scheduled cleaning during the podcast. Okay. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so Let's throw uh, that down the hallway. The vacuum it?
4: is gonna turn on any second now.
1: Uh, yeah. No, it's okay. How are you? My wife will be here in a second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. You're good. Okay. Um. So then, uh, I was into it until the staplers came out, and when the wrestlers started stapling each other's heads, and like the thumbtacks, and and then like, and then the crap. That I just I wasn't into that. I'm sorry. I I got a little bit like I felt bad. Like they were like legitimately the one they were like i could see the blood backstage of people after being stapled their whole backs i mean it was it was pretty it was pretty gnarly but it was entertaining but holy shit and then the no. boxing match lasted about six seconds espinoza i knew because i had to interview him and i was like hey ha- have, you, have you trained for this He's like not really but i haven't thrown a punch in seven years but i'm too quick for this guy and the other guy was like look like you've been you know tra- you know mikey just three jabs in the guy's legs buckled and then he just beat the shit out of him in 46 seconds. But then at the end, they interviewed the guy and Mikey was nice. He was like, Hey man, you know, I get you a lot of balls for coming here. And Espinoza goes, takes the mic and goes, wrestling's fake. And you guys are all losers. So then the whole crowd booing. That <laughs> <was> oh, <laughs> that's the crowd, best
3: ending imaginable. That's great. It that was so been- they go,
1: so the guy goes, get the fuck out of my house. And then the guy's wife kicked him out. But that was like legit kicked him out. Well, that wasn't even part of the script. Because this, this is a real boxing match. So that was that was my Saturday. Uh, any, any any comments, Greg or Sean or Wean Dog? Man, I know when I did a, I did a couple of
0: independent wrestling shows where I was just supposed to sign autographs. It was funny because the fans would come up. And I'm sitting next to the blue meanie or, or like, you know, these old you know foul venus these old wrestlers and they're like this guy's an actual real fighter not fake like these other guys and then i'm getting like resentment coming from the other guys I'm like i didn't even say it you know and of course i'm signing autographs for free they all want 25 bucks they're like well why is the real fighters free and you want 25 bucks for yours and val yeah. venus is like i'm sorry and val Venus is like dude you're not charging and i'm like man i didn't know i was supposed to like i feel bad you know like ruin everything but the best part i may have told you this before i can't remember but the best part about hanging around pro wrestlers is when they lose track of reality which is probably most of the time but um they're like, uh, man. I'll tell you what, hardest night of my life, 1987, Starcade, had a 40-minute match with so and so. I barely came through after the run-in by King Kong Bundy. Man, he, that like, guy had me in a choke. I barely got out, got him for the one, two, three, and I'm like, but it was that was the plan, right? Like you guys staged that, right? <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, my character, that was the hardest thing he ever went through, and I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? I, I had a four-hour car ride with these guys, and on and on they would tell these stories. These just war stories, man. I'll tell you what triangle match both of them turned on me I was this you know <laughs> beat the hell out of me man for 48 minutes crowd was throwing chairs in there all this and that and I got the pin at the end man highlighted my life and I was like but that was what they that's the script right and they were like yeah I mean that was the plan but I'm just saying it's a tough match and I was like okay I, I was really confused
1: Dude, I get shit, though, same time. I mean it's grueling on the body those guys like uh I was like holy because these guys look no offense Greg they have your they have your physique uh even worse um, no but, offense taken, uh, but but these guys, I mean, they they could do crazy flips and uh, 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 Greg Fry. Did you wrestle back in the day? I wrestled. I wrestled. I wrestled with
3: reality. That's what I wrestled with someone had a problem with me. That they were gonna get a beat down. That's what they had to wrestle. Um, could anybody- and, and, you know, it does bring me back to a point that I've made many times on this show, Adam, and that's you don't have to say yes to everything. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Okay, first of all, and it's not just the fact that, I mean, this this isn't exactly a premium gig, um, nor is it in your wheelhouse. So that's two strikes. But then it's up against one of the biggest fights of the year that is your job to watch.
1: So I have to question your judgment from beginning to end. The guy guy in charge charge is a friend of mine, Mikey Gordon, a friend of mine. He also he also he made a movie and I'm in the movie. Uh, It's a pretty decent gig and uh, it's a great gig. I'm excited about it. And uh, Rob Van Dam's in it. So, uh, you know, fuck. Again, it sounds like you did your part. What is this other
3: shit? (laughs) This has nothing to do with Saturday night.
1: And then I actually. You must learn
3: the power of no.
1: I know, I know, I know. Jesus Christ. Dude, don't want to hear the craziest part? So it's in like a loft, it's like a warehouse in a loft. Undisclosed location. Like, there's like 200 people there. Not like I think these people already had COVID or the. Like, and oh, it's, it's a, a, a health risk, risk. risk. you god. I'm on, Christ, I'm, on, I'm on the second. I'm on the second floor. I'm. An, I'm announcing, but like, like the power went out. So the guy, one of the wrestlers, is yelling at everybody, like, "Don't touch this fucking wire," you know. Nobody and like, <laughs> there's, there's like androgynous, Like one of them's like a Boy George type wrestler, and then the other one, the, everyone's like. I could see, like, slungs and blah, blah, blah. Right before the the boxing match came on, they're like, guys, we have a special guest, a fire eater, right? So this chick comes out and starts juggling fire. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I think the last thing you want during a pandemic is the air out of the room uh, because (laughs) the air out of the room with, like, nobody wearing masks and fire coming up. I'm thinking it's going to be, like, a fucking great white concert in three seconds, right? So I literally fucking... Wait, I'm like, I'm at it. I go, I go to the guy. I go, why do you think this is a good idea? Um, having fire right now in a, in a warehouse uh, with that no one's supposed to be at yet. And the guy's like, I'm in charge of sound, man. Leave me alone, right? Like, I'm just doing my job. I'm, just, I'm like, so now I'm like annoying this guy. I'm like, no, but there's there's a lady juggling fire right now. He's like, well, dude, 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 don't fuck with me. I, I got to do my cues, right? So then I'm just like, I waited outside. They're selling marijuana, by the way. The concession stand has food and weed <laughs> like, <laughs> oh it was a robert Zapato production i love <laughs> was it like dude i took like all these videos i get home i show my wife she, she was oh so, no, f- god She was you're so such pissed. an
3: idiot oh my She god. was
1: so fucking angry look at like, honey look at all these
3: health risks i took while i was away from you for four hours
1: dude she wanted to kill she didn't talk to me she's <laughs> like she, she got i'm scared. on her side I know, but I'm like, you don't understand. Look at this team. It's like the, like I'm like starting with the wrestlers. I'm like, how cool is this guy? Like, oh god, it was fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> I gotta be honest. The fire eater makes more sense than you being there. Uh, so anyway, and, but, but the good news, by the way, the MMA awards are on. Uh, I'm writing the sketches. They're gonna be really funny this year. Uh, I'll just I'll just give you that. Um, so let's now, talk see about- that that that's a gig you should do. Yeah, that
3: is something you say yes to.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let's
3: play a little – no, let's do a little role-playing, okay? (laughs) Let's just do a little role-playing, okay? I'm going to be someone that, you know, maybe did some stuff with you in the past, calling you up for a gig, okay? And I'm going to pitch you the gig, and then I want you to practice your answer, okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, hey, hey, uh, is this Adam? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Listen, I got this gig. It's um, two guys uh, – it's Bum Fights, Okay, okay. <laughs> they're homeless people. They're both going to be wearing barrels, though. Now, now the audience. Okay, we're going to be in a completely unregulated uh, area. Uh, we're going to overcrowded, and there'll be fire hazards. Okay, <laughs> but you're going to be paid sixty five dollars, and it's only a two hour drive. Can you make it? Bitcoin or uh... Bit- uh, Bitcoin? You got it. yes, at Bitcoin sixty five Bitcoin. Sixty-five dollars worth of to a gig that might get me seventy-five dollars. Yes, next year you could do
1: our our uh, glorious ladies of wrestling. Ooh, that, that one sounds pretty good. No, 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 I'm not going to do it because it's a fire hazard and it's a pandemic. And, and also no
3: wait 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 i forgot the best part though we're gonna have uh uh we're gonna have people serving uh, an open buffet that everyone's <laughs> gonna eat with their hands
1: there actually was that to be honest all jesus right. so, christ okay all right. i all can't all
3: right. even all right
0: Got you it. forgot uh, to, you forgot to talk about what the wrestlers physiques were gonna look like <laughs> they're all gonna have Greg wilson's physique
3: I'm right. they're I'm all right. gonna be built like me now can you make and by the way it's gonna be on the night <laughs> of the biggest mma fight of the year
1: can you skip that to come do this? When I get there, there's like, no one tells me what I'm doing, there's no script. I don't even know the name of the promotion, right? And then the guy's like, all right, time for your segment. I'm like, what w- What am I doing? And then the guy's like, here's what you do. And he gave me, like, 37 things. It's like, Fist Combat TV, blah, blah, blah. They open at night, blah, blah. And then I just was like, uh, okay. And so I was like, guys, these guys have more bad blood than Charlie Sheen. I was just fucking riffing. And they were like, perfect, right? <laughs> then, then I had to find the fucking sound guy who was outside getting stoned. The, the camera guy wasn't even in the room. It was, anyway, let's talk about the fights. Just in
2: case.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say real quick that so I'm,
0: I look forward to in 20 years, Adam saying greatest night of my life, 2020, October 23rd. I'm in a barn. There's a bunch of guys built like Greg Wilson. I barely pulled through. Like,
1: I don't know. Dude, it was crazy. The, the, the guy that got out didn't learn to say no. Dude, anyway, Justin, Justin Gaethje versus Khabib. Uh, man, I'm ha- Look, I, I kind of, I called this because everyone kept selling me on Gaethje and they're like, this guy, his wrestling is wrestling. I'm like, I've never seen his actual wrestling. I'm sure, I know he was a four-time All-American, but the guy hasn't wrestled in 30 fights. Like, why do we think all of a sudden he's going to out-wrestle the best wrestler in MMA? Mm. And uh, I got to say a couple things. Number one, in the first round, I thought Khabib was fighting Gage's fight. He was almost gave him a chance to beat him. His hands yeah. were down, and he got into a kickboxing match with a guy who's a better kickboxer, I, I would think. Um, but once it went to the ground, it, it was a wrap. Uh, Khabib yeah. has gorilla strength, bear strength and, and, and Gaethje's takedown defense, I guess, isn't what it should be. Or people are saying, but whose is it or whose, whose submission defense is against Khabib, you know, you can have the best submission defense in the world, but when you get guys like, you know, like Matt Hughes, when he took out, uh, Ar- Ar- who was that guy uh, that he like was a Ar- Rona that he, that Matt Hughes took, he put him in like a front headlock and, and like, a and then just choked a guy out. But was it? Was it? Uh, it was the. You know, it was like one of those. T- I, two- I know who you're
0: talking about, but I can't remember. Yeah, it wasn't a Rona. It. It, was, uh, it
1: was. It was like one of those chokes that only the Matt Hughes,
0: choke. Yeah. only Matt
1: Hughes can do. When you have that sort of strength, it doesn't matter in some ways how good you are, because you're just dealing with a different animal. You're it, you're you're not getting that type of pressure in the gym unless you're rolling with like heavyweights or something. Um, and which is, you're like, why are you going with a heavyweight if you're 155? But, uh, I wasn't surprised. I was a little surprised. I don't think Gaethje showed up. seemed like he was a little happy to be there. He didn't seem that disappointed after he lost, which is a little alarming. Uh, but I give Khabib all the credit in the world. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's that good. Where even on a bad night for him, which I thought it kind of was
4: with a broken toe
1: with a broken foot. he still beat the number one guy in the world in the second round. Thoughts, Greg. Thoughts, Sean. Thoughts. Uh,
3: who, okay. Yeah. First of all, who took Gaethje uh, here on our show? Because I know I took Khabib. I,
0: did I took Gaethje. I thought Gaethje was going
3: to knock him out. There you go. I was going to say I know somebody could take Gaethje. I just the you know the thing is the second he almost when he got him to the ground and the, he does that thing where he wraps up the other guy's legs inside of his legs. Yeah. The second that happens, I'm like the fight's over. That's it. He got him. That, like, once he has your legs, like, it's over. And he did it at the end of the first round. And you're right. I felt like he almost wanted to feel how hard this guy could hit. Like, he wanted to know. You know, he, let, he, he stood there and he traded with him a little bit. Then he was like, okay, I found out. This guy could hit hard. And then he took him down, wound up his legs. And then he was lucky they ran out of time in the first round. And then yeah. when it happened the second round, I was like, there's three and a half minutes left. This guy doesn't have a chance. It's over. It's over. And then it was over. Sean?
0: I mean, I was surprised. I think part of what happened is I don't think Geisha expected Khabib to be moving forward the whole time because he just kept pressuring him, which is the exact opposite of what you would think you would do against a guy that hits that hard. And uh, I think uh, Khabib caught him a couple times stand up, but it's it's a lot easier to hit a guy when he's scared to death you're going to take him down because, you know, every time he would faint, Gaishi's arms are going down to stop the takedown, you know. And so he was able to hit him standing up. And I think Gaishe looked uh, when he got taken down at the end of the first, Gaishi looked beaten to me. Like he looked up at his corner when he got taken down, like this guy's something else. But I had heard Daniel Cormier tell somebody, man, um, he said they have all American Olympic wrestlers, all world guys come in there and roll with Khabib at um aka. And he said, everyone is the same thing. It sounds similar to when uh Tom Erickson first grabs a hold of you, you know, or whatever, yeah. like the way Mitrione told me he said, like that. He'll have these. All I mean, there's a video of Khabib destroying some high school all-world kid. Which I mean, he's a high schooler, but he also won the national championship or whatever. But uh, there's a video online of that on YouTube Khabib grabs him. Do you think Khabib grabs him in the kid's face? Is like holy shit! Like, so he grabs him? You know, like
1: obviously Khabib works works out and trains. But do you think that kind of like Tom Erickson, Justin Gaethje? I mean, I'm gonna put Matt Hughes in there in some some in some way. Is like developed, or do you think you're just born with that kind of strength? I think it's both. I think it's a lifetime of doing those positions.
3: I'm
0: kind of like a, yeah. bricklayer, a bricklayer would have real strong hands, you know, from constantly handling, you know, bricks or whatever. But um, I think it's it's developed, but it's also a genetic thing because I think those guys would probably be pretty strong even if they weren't wrestling. You know what I mean? It's just a freakish thing. But, uh, yeah, feeling that kind of strength. And I fought the world's strongest man twice. It, at moments, he would do something. Like when I would take him down one time, I hit him. It literally felt like a wall. Like I, hit, I was like, holy shit, that dude didn't even move. And then when you go, even I hugged him at the weigh-in. I hugged him and it was like, I mean, it felt like a frozen slab of beef. Like when I hit his back or whatever, like, like, man, this dude is dense, you know, Um, or whatever. But it's, yeah, those guys are, uh, Khabib's just on a different level, man. He looked like he, he looked like he was toying with, Yeishi really, and I never dreamed that would happen. Like he looked like he could finish it anytime he wanted. looked like he didn't want to hurt him. I will say that I think when you, he said uh, somebody in his corner had said he didn't want to break his arm. Uh, That's why he didn't arm bar him. He stopped at the first round because he said um, he didn't want to hurt him in front of his parents. And I believe when you start – I got to that point in my career, not that I was ever nearly as good as Khabib or even on that level, but I got to a point where I didn't want to hurt guys anymore. Like, I tried tried to submit them instead of punch them in the face, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, that's when you need to quit, man, because you got to be vicious. and there you can't uh, – that guy will do it to you, man. So
1: I I fully support this retirement because I also think that Khabib never fought for money. Like, I feel like he fought for, like, pride. He fought for honor. He fought for his parents for his family, for, his debt, for money. you know, like... When, when you're not fighting for money, and you, you don't need that. I mean, he made a lot of money. I, mean, I don't know what he made over here. Got money. Apparently, he uh,
4: has a lot of money, like $500 million. I'm just making that number up, money. but it's a lot of so, money.
1: Like, what does he need to it's do? do? I, I'd be surprised if it was...
3: I was over 10. I mean, imagine 10, but 500. I think you I'm talking about
4: total net worth, is. like everything I think, he's I think you're trumping
1: it up a little bit. There. We're also I talking about... The million in Dagestan is probably like... You know, a billion dollars in the US. I mean, I don't think rent in Dagestan is that much. Um, uh, so I who knows. Uh part but- of me
0: thinks he'll come back because I think uh when Khabib knows he can make 20, 10, 20 million a fight, I think it would be hard to turn down the good he could do with that kind of money, especially in Dagestan. You know, like he's got enough money for him for the rest of his life. But I know, I mean, if it were me, and he's not me obviously, but if it were me and I looked at man, I can make another twenty million, what could I do with twenty million for others? You know, he seems like he wants to he wants to dedicate his life to helping other people, man. So if, uh, if yeah, that but were he, that but it seemed enough, like
1: emotionally, he didn't want to be there, you know, like it's, yeah, like- well, that's what, another reason I thought he would lose with his dad dying, man,
0: stuff like that can mess with you when you're,
1: well, and hey, he said that. Mean, he that he didn't want to fight. Good.
0: He, like, he, so he
3: said he didn't want to fight without his dad, you know? Yeah. And the, the, so that was it. His dad's gone. The, the, then he's done. He, you know, uh, he's, he said that. So I feel like yeah. that that's right there, but that may over time heal. I feel like this was all connected. <laughs> Like this is all kind of a singular event, the loss of his father, part of the training into this fight. I feel like it was all connected. So for him, I, I, to me, it seemed like the fight was the conclusion to this episode that included leaving his, losing his father to COVID-19. And so maybe in a year or two, when those events have kind of, you know what I mean, you get over that emotional roller coaster, I think maybe he would, might be ready to fight again, you know. Uh, Wendell, what are your thoughts?
4: Well, prior to the fight, I went back and watched Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. And I noticed with Justin Gaethje, as the fight progresses after each round, he his whole body turns a darker shade of red. And after the first round of uh, Justin versus Khabib, Justin's entire body was already like dark red so I was like all right maybe he did a big (laughs) adrenaline dump in the first round maybe he was panicking too much but I knew right after that first round like Sean said that all right he's gonna have a tough time now but with Khabib I think it's a I think it was a beautiful retirement I think he will be back in the future maybe a year or two I just think he needs time to mourn the loss of his father but at the same time there's something very beautiful just thinking like Khabib, greatest fighter of all time and he retires undefeated and then goes back to Dagestan to become like a sheep herder you know what I I'm saying this is like wander the mountains of Dagestan herding sheep, and you know, the kids come up to him, they ask him, Are you like really, Are you the eagle Khabib Nurmagomedov? This is like 50 years in the future, and he says, When I once was, or something like, like that. This is a
1: weird then, porn that you're gonna get into. You no, know, that's
4: anyway, the, that's, so- that's what I believe.
3: <laughs> it's right. not, this isn't CB,
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. So, we
1: will be like, Greatest I time came I came in at film. the best
2: time. <laughs> so,
1: we got tall Steve here, okay? So, we got a guy. Okay. Steve Allen. How tall are you? Six foot seven, six eight, six
2: nine. Six point eight. Six. Goddamn. God so it's not just a clever
1: name. Undefeated fighter from Bellator. He's seven and zero. Oh. This dude kicks ass. Uh, he won his last fight. You said it was gonna be your toughest fight, but this is like the only fight I watched you where you didn't get rocked and make a momentous comeback. <laughs> um, congratulations, man. Uh, how do you feel?
2: Pretty good. Um, yeah. So we worked really hard for the the outcome to be the way it did. So uh, you know, I'm just really happy that that my training paid off and that I was able to you know execute something I've been practicing for a long time.
1: I'll tell you what I didn't like was Bellator said you were on the undercard, so I watched the whole undercard. Then they put you <laughs> on the main event. Uh, didn't tell me when you were fighting, uh, and then did they even tell you when you were fighting? Yeah, so
2: um, it's interesting you ask. So, like, we tried to time the Um, warm-up. I tweaked something about, like, the warm-up, like, and how I usually do it for this fight. Uh, My warm-up for sparring is usually much lighter and much shorter. So, I was like, you know what? Let's try that. Let's not do anything crazy. So, we did. We timed it so that our warm-up started right – it was two fights before us, and that it was going to end as the fight before us was walking out. So, the fight before us had ended. You know, we just hit our, you know, whatever. Like, we're just starting to cool down. With the, the event coordinator was you know, walking towards our, uh, our, our 10 or whatever. And I'm expecting him to say, all right, come with me. Then we go. Uh, but he was like, so Patrick, he's out. He was the second player of the main card. <laughs> so we all stood there dumbfounded looking at each other. Yeah, you know, I didn't really register at first what he meant. And then um, we basically had an hour and a half to just sit down and chill out, wait for my fight to come.
3: Wow. That's how oh, I mean, you're so dog. tall. You make that sheep look like a little dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, he is like the nicest guy. So I post videos of like my daughter, you know, in class. He watches like almost all of them in comments like, "Oh, that boy was." Funny. Fun with your mommy, but whenever your daughter's on,
2: I'm like, "Yes, let's see where this goes."
1: But it was like it's so cute. He's like, "Oh, she's got dance moves this So when he's on TV, I'm like. My wife, hey, this is the guy that always comments on Violet's, <laughs> Violet's videos. I was
2: too, whenever she's, like, dancing and stuff, I'm like, yes, <laughs> baby girl,
3: get your groove on.
1: Oh, it's it's a cute, it's like this, like, tall, giant man, like, watching a two-year-old. It, I mean, it sounds creepy when I'm telling you right now. But I was going nice to say, these dance. words aren't coming out very well. No, but it's super cute and sweet. So, uh, so Steve, now, you were at the Black Zillions. That became something else. What is it, do you guys keep moving on the block? Like, what, what, what? camp you are you in
2: now yeah basically um well it's the same you know essentially the same group of people and coaches we just uh you know we've had a few partnerships come and go um but right now you know we've landed with sanford mma or rather sanford health which became the iteration that it is today sanford mma so who, who are guys that you do i uh, train with um Linton vassell we have online song we're the ones you know mainly like the three of us pushing each other the most but you know, some other up-and-coming guys that you probably haven't heard about or guys that um, are doing their thing in the amateur scene, but, you know, they're, like, dipping their toes into the pros, coming and helping us out. Um, it's been a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, when I posted a picture of me and you, Stefan Struve said, who the fuck is that guy? Uh... Yeah,
2: that's my dude. <laughs> I get,
1: So, like, I can only imagine you guys training together. That's crazy. That must have been nuts. Yeah, for a long,
2: for a long time. Um, I met Stefan, actually – I thought I told you this at some point already, but I guess I'm not. So, um, back in the day when Jared Rochal fought Stefan Struve, um, he, Jared Rochal's team brought me in as a sparring partner. And, um, I went right from Texas cause they were team takedown at the time. And I flew to black, the black Zillions. Zillions. I was dating a girl in Fort Lauderdale and, uh, you yeah, know, I found out they were close. So I was like, yeah, I'll go to the black Zillions and check it out. So, um, I went in. I trained with Henry. Henry, you know, gave me the invite to come back. I met Stefan that day, and then, um, you know, whatever after Stefan fought, I, you know, made the full time move to Florida. Stefan and I became really close friends. You know, really, we really good chemistry as training partners. Um, I've worked as corner. I worked as corner when he fought Alexander Volkov. It's just funny how that shit goes down, right?
1: That's crazy. Now you also trained with both Usman uh, and Gilbert Burns uh give mm-hmm. us the scoop who wins that fight
2: man both good dudes both good fighters both you know wonderful people uh it's gonna be a fucking awesome
1: fight oh come on people I uh I'm mccorkle here mccorkle you're a guy you're six foot six right yeah and i fought Stephen true
0: unfortunately yeah so it's
1: uh i want to ask him uh how much does it suck trying
0: to buy clothes and shoes and can you uh like uh Verify for the people listening, it's no fun being 6'7 or six, eight. People say all the time, man, I'd love to be your size. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. You want to be my size until it's time to fly, drive a car. I was going to say until you're fly flying coast. coast. <laughs> yeah, do anything at all that requires, like, uh, get on a roller coaster, anything. It sucks. So.
2: Uh, I mean, I, I do like being 6'8, but, yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm double XL tall, but, like, I have the, the frame of somebody that's probably only, like, a regular large or an extra large. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so finding clothes and shoes sucks sometimes. Um, the stuff you find in the stores usually looks ugly or doesn't fit. The stuff you yeah. online is <laughs> a of shit. I just went to a wedding over the weekend, and having all my shit fitted
1: for that was like
2: probably 150 bucks more expensive than it should have been. But I don't know. Other than that, I I fucking love being tall.
1: Yeah, but you must <laughs> – like girls probably want to blow – they walk right after your cock. I mean, like, that has got to be cool, right? Like some chick just like accidentally hits – just going on teabag in the world, you No. Know? nothing yeah,
2: yeah but usually by the time they you know make their opening pickup line I, I can't hear it so it, it's all lost <laughs>
1: right on. of course of course of course now you looked great your knees looked amazing by the way uh Thank you. You choose on, <laughs> do you moisturize what do you no, do his, what makes- yeah, dude, you should have seen him. he need this guy in the fucking head oh. like six times it was it was a thing of beauty um he was hurt like after the second knee you could tell it did you know it was gonna be over
2: yeah um I mean, it was one of those things. So we, we talked to the ref in the back and, you know, he did a really good job of, uh, of explaining like, well, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I want to see if if the fight's ending, if you're hurt, if the other guy's hurt. Um, so, you know, props to him. I he was just doing his job, but, uh, you, you can see it if you really pay attention, but, you know, me being not even two feet away from the guy after it happened, I can see that he was hurt, you know, like, He's, he was looking over here and his legs were like splayed out the other way and his arms were like kind of all you know whatever all wonky and i knew he was you know on queer street but uh i heard the ref say to him because you know i turned to look at the ref to see if like that was it but i heard the ref as i'm turning to look at him say sean i need to see something happen and i knew that he was going to give him a little bit of time so i was i was like no i'm putting the stamp on this thing i'm coming home with two paychecks
1: Nah, dude that was so impressive man uh now this this Thursday I'm having actually I actually like Bellator going to Thursday nights because they have no competition I think it's a fun night to actually watch it and um now this week Diego Lima is taking on Musasi who do you like in that fight?
2: I like Musasi he's um, a stud competitor he got it done the last time whenever he he had the whatever the guy come up to him I think skill set wise he has something to offer Lima that. I don't know if he's faced in a while. And it's not that I don't think Lima is up to snuff. It's just that I think Musasi is so skilled and technical everywhere. Got so it. I like, I'm going to, I'm going to pick Musasi, but man, if Lima went in there and got it done, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: I hope Lima wins. He, he's been, like, He's been around for a while. He's a good dude. Yeah.
2: He's, he's a beast, man. I, I love what, how Lima's look like, we're seeing this more and more now guys kind of like in that age range of like 31 to 36, like really finding the rhythm, like not just, um not just athletically but you know like mentally you find they're just hitting a groove and stuff and I think Lima is like a real testament to that
1: now how far are you from like a legitimate title shot you think
2: um I mean I couldn't honestly tell you I'd be grateful with whatever Beltor told me probably I would think at least at least two more fights but
1: that's you're too nice man you gotta go out you're just a nice guy you gotta no that's realistic I like you being realistic yeah. you should be like I'm the best in the world fuck everybody I'll teabag the whole- <laughs> just go out there
2: and- I mean I'm coming for it don't get me wrong anybody they put in front of me I'm going to take out but uh, you know for the time being I'm, I'm going to be honest and realistic um, I'm, I'm taking my time I'm having fun and I, I mean I'm grateful to live the life that I do so I think I'm I really think I'm part of the like like 10% of the world that really does wake up and do what they love every day and you know I mean I'm just going to ride that out until the wheels fall off
1: that's awesome. Who do you uh, live with?
2: So uh, you met him at your last show in Miami. Uh, Tom Gormley, he was one of my main training partners. Uh, another guy, Dylan O'Sullivan, he just went pro. He's one know as a professional now. And then we have another guy. He's a UFC weight, Takashi Sato. He had his last fight. Yeah. Um, I want to say when all, the, when all the Vegas stuff started, he, he had like a 55-second knockout. He looked sensational.
1: So it's so a so. four of you guys. You guys live in a fighter house. You guys, are, uh, you guys are in Florida. Uh, that's 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 pretty badass. What are your thoughts on guys that do talk a lot of smack, like the Colby Covingtons or the Dylan Danises, uh, like those guys?
2: Well, so you know, we, we you kind of um, the along the spectrum of people that talk shit. You know, there's people that that are really fun to listen to and and watch, and then you have people like Colby Covington and Dylan Danis who are just Dylan Danis is just like. I mean, man, I really respect his ability and his skill set. But, like, the shit talking is lost on me. And then, like, Colby Covington, I could probably, you know, in my drunken stupor over the weekend, I wanted, like, a 45-minute rant about, you know, marketing and self-marketing and, you know, like, um, being able to put on a show, being able to sell yourself. Um, And, you know, the condensed version of that is just that with Colby Covington, I really do think that, he started off as a halfway decent dude um, that was just you know trying to make a living in in a world where the sport is just about getting eyes on you, but um, you know he kind of lost me. Like I really think he he kind of Ric Flared himself and became the character he was trying to portray. You know, like I I really didn't like. We talked about on the last time you had me on. Um, he was you know saying some some stuff that even if you are joking is you know a little too a little too racy. Um, you, you heard about the thing that Jorge Masvidal said with like the not paying his coach. Um, and I mean, I'm not, I wasn't, you know, there for any of the shit that happened. So I can't honestly corroborate or not corroborate, but like, if all this stuff is true, it's it's kind of like, all right, man, like (laughs) if that's really who you are, then like, why the fuck do you need to act like you're somebody that's super fucking annoying in your, in your interviews, whenever you can just be a douchebag, you
1: know, Joe, I got to talk to you. What's up? Last week's in the books, it's it's gone. But now is the time to review the tape and prepare for this week. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs. How cool is that? And if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass and catch, means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, it's underneath the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. And for everyone who's looking forward to this week's UFC 254, which is us, okay? Be sure to check out DraftKings MMA Contest. How cool is that? UFC 254 with DraftKings. Here's a call to action. Download the DraftKings app now and use code ROASTED for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week seven action, okay? Enter code ROASTED They get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code ROASTED only at DraftKings. Make it rain. There's a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for Details, Greg uh, McCorkle. I want to weigh in. I got a question for you. Listen, man, guys like you, super
3: tall dudes like you, somehow always wind up dating girls that are like five foot, right? <laughs> like they see you and they just see a genetic opportunity to even out or some right. shit. They're like, and I, I, I know, a know for fact that it yeah, exactly. They want normal size kids. They're like, okay, if I take the fucking six eight guy, we have kids, then our kids will be five nine, and it'll be six foot, be nice and even. And yet, tall girls, you know, they don't, they don't go for short guys. So they hate it when they see the little girls taking all the tall dudes. Do you find yourself winding up with these short girls too?
2: I mean, I've been all over the spectrum. Um, what do you prefer? I, then? Uh, I'm with a girl now. I really, really like. And she's five four, so not you know, obviously not like. <laughs> so she's. Not t- she's. I mean, five four for a girl is like, is like five eleven for a dude. So not like, obviously not gargantuan, but like a decent sized person. Um, but no, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I've, I've kind of been all over the place. Um, dated girls that were like six foot. Uh, dated a girl for a while that was, uh, just pushing five feet. So.
3: I don't know. <laughs>
2: what was that? Like? She, she, she's got a nice button. She's nice to me. I can make just about anything work, right?
1: <laughs> Have you been uh, trading with Anthony Johnson?
2: Yes. Um, so he's somebody. He's like, he's dipping his toes back in the water, and he's, you know, as as the months progress, you know, talking about his comeback, he's, you know, assimilating himself more, and um, he's somebody that I train a lot with, you know, for this last fight. So I, I mean, I should have said him earlier, I guess he's somebody. What's that like? I mean,
1: sparring wise, are you
2: nervous sometimes? Yes, absolutely. When I moved on here, um, that was Anthony Johnson at the height of his powers, right? That was Anthony Smith. I want to say the first fight I helped him get ready for was Ryan Bader, I think. Oh God. And, you know, I mean, we all saw that. And, um, the, the consensus was that, you know, Bader was probably the better wrestler, but, you know, if Rumble could keep it on the feet, Bader was, you know, screwed. And then, I mean, we all remember the fight. Bader shot from, you know, half an octagon away, got put on his face and knocked out cold. So um, that was back whenever I first moved here. Whenever I first moved to the Black Zillions, all I really had to offer my teammates was good wrestling, good jujitsu. My stand up was just not the level it's at now. So um, you have to imagine every day coming in, against a guy who knew how to neutralize good grapplers, but, you know, had a really high-level striking acumen. And, you know, just every day was – the first time I ever got really put down in sparring, like, really, boom, put on the floor with a strike, was Anthony Johnson. Hit me with an overhand, and like, buckled my ass. So – um, yeah, that, that like perpetuated for the rest of what happened. I mean, did you time get
1: time? up and people, has that everyone in the gym run over to you? Like, are you okay? Or do you just, Oh, no, fuck just... no, everybody else is fighting for their lives. They didn't care about me. <laughs> 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 no, uh,
2: Henry Hoof was, uh, Henry was watching. You know, he was, Henry, you know, really took like, a shine to me really early on, which I'm really grateful to say. Um, but, you know, like I said, Anthony Johnson, I want to say, was was getting ready for his own fight. So he really had his eye on, you know, what was going on. I want to see what was happening. Uh, I threw a, a kick and my hand was down and he threw an overhand that like just touched at the same time. And I folded up like a lawn chair, boom. And it was like, I didn't go out or anything, but I, I remember getting hit and then I was on the floor
1: I and I like looked that. up
2: and looked, I looked up and looked around and I was, Oh, okay. I got dropped. And I was like, so I gave myself a couple seconds. And then I stood up and Henry was
1: like, that's what the fuck I'm talking about.
2: Like, <laughs> and I, was like, I was just trying not to die and Henry's hyping my ass up. So I was like, you know what, whatever, I'll take it.
1: I'm about that, That's right? Good. So, I'm taking fight camp now. It's like this like online workout thing. And they say when you throw kicks, you're supposed to kind of, uh, or two things, you're supposed to like, use your hand and then kind of use it as momentum. But I'm like, aren't you leaving your face wide open?
2: Yeah. Uh, that, the system that I've learned with now um, is chin down and hands up, arms outstretched. Yeah. Kind of, about, kind of like out in front of your face, like you're stiff. Arm. Okay. Okay. So you're still with, your without, like without, a, without using your fingers. Now, obviously, cause that's illegal, but you know, kind of like. one
1: It just seems like if you, when you throw either of those kicks and you wind up with your arm, your hand, you're leaving yourself exposed. Now they're saying lean back to get yourself out of harm's way, but if somebody has real long arms, can't they just catch you?
2: Yeah. And um, so I, I was teaching kickboxing for Henry for um, I went from a guy who didn't know how to kickbox at all to a guy that, you know, he hired to teach his kickboxing class uh so uh one thing that i taught students especially the ones that came from like other gyms doing you know muay thai or whatever especially when i saw that was the guys that throw their arms down like yeah well look and especially in a mma or kickboxing um if they time your kick they're gonna step in with a punch that's just good counter that's just you know good counter fighting and uh the, the other thing would be that if you, if you lean back, it's kind of like the front two wheels on your car going forward and the back two wheels going backwards.
1: You're, you're setting your momentum. Yeah. Yeah. So direction. just keep your hands up. you throw a kick.
2: Right. It, it kind of, kind of like, you know, you take a wrestling shot. If your head goes like this, but the rest of your body goes like
1: this. Well then yeah, like, yeah.
2: You're, you're not generating the force you need to, you know, take somebody off their feet and put them on the floor.
1: Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, listen, so Steve, where can people follow you?
2: People can find me on Instagram at Tall Steve fights people. They can find me on Twitter at Tall Steve MMA. I heard a chuckle. I, could, I always appreciate getting a
1: good chuckle out of that.
2: Um, you can find me on. I think I have a Facebook page uh, that probably like only my aunt follows or something. But no,
1: dude, you're you're you're, <laughs> first all, you're awesome. I remember like first hearing your name, cause I was like Rashad, who did you train with for the fight? He's like, well, there's a guy named Tall Steve. And it's just like it was so hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like you're tall, Steve, and like that's your nickname. Then you're, t- but you honestly, you're seven and zero. I think you're. You, you the sky's the limit. You obviously super smart. You're what a black belt jitsu.
2: I'm a brown belt under Gilbert Burns.
1: Brown belt under Gilbert nice. Burns, like a black belt under anyone else. You got great wrestling. Your, your fucking striking's coming along. I think you're the future, man. So I appreciate uh, that, Adam. I, I I appreciate you. Anything else, uh, Sean? You want to say to Tall Steve?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah Who's that? Uh, who's the the former WWE guy that's in Bellator now, the heavyweight? I don't remember his name. Um, Tager. Have, have, have you got any chance that he's going to fight him or call him out or anything? Because I I was always about fighting the least skilled guy with the biggest name. Like I <laughs> I try to fight West End repeatedly. Like whoever that's was smart the most strategy. That's a good uh, the Least skill. So
2: yeah, um, I mean, I th- I really feel like. I don't, I don't know. I feel like, so you're know, the competitor in me wants to meet the best guys at the best time, but uh, the moneymaker in me is like, give me the biggest check for the for the smallest amount of work, right? Yeah. Um, so, no, um, Jake's a good dude. Uh, I mean, I met him before. I know his coach, actually. Um, I'll be, I mean, I'm not talking shit, but honestly, if th- this is probably the shit talk you steal ever hear out of me. Um, Jake, I think, is, is still finding his feet in MMA, and, you know, I'm uh, 8-0, all finishes. You know, I just fought a tough guy, a champion of a different promotion. That's not a fight that makes sense for me right now. That's not me saying that he's not going to get there, and that's not me saying he doesn't have the, the physical ability or the skill set to maybe get there one day, but he's not on my radar, honestly. Well, he's gotta
1: learn is to he a real go. big
2: guy? I don't, I don't know anything about him. Is he? Yeah.
0: Like, no,
1: he no, he no. Well, he's got to learn to let go after he breaks someone's arm. He, people tap, and he keeps the hold on. The last fight, he got sure. in big trouble for that.
2: Um, is that. That is what happened, huh? So what? He fought that, the big fat kid, and then he – what the was fight, the deal with that?
1: The big fat kid was, like, uh, who – T.J. Brown, I think his name was. I mean, T.J. He, Water. That, yeah, that, one of those. That yeah. kid had – Can no you shit. imagine if his Instagram was the big fat kid? Yeah, <laughs> that, the big fat kid. But the guy before that, he, he like, beat up, and the guy tapped, and he wouldn't let go. And the ref had to, like, throw him off. I think he was, like – in my opinion, he was so fired up from having a real fight, and it was his first big win. And he probably just got caught up in the moment and being coming from a pro wrestling background, I could see how you can get too caught up. Uh, But at the same time, somebody taps, let the fuck go. Come on. What are we we doing here?
2: Well, um, I have to be an objector to that in saying that uh, I did a grappler's quest years ago and uh, I had to do a rear naked choke. And the ref was behind me. And I had the choke on real good. And, like, right when I felt the initial, he did yeah. one of, like, those. One of those, you know what I mean? Not, like, a real tap, but not not a tap. And uh, the ref walked around. And luckily the dude, like, the dude really could have ran with it and been a piece of shit. But the ref said, oh, what happened? He didn't even realize that he tapped. So um, <clears throat> from that point on, I'd kind of taken a um, – wait till the ref pulls you off. No, I
1: think it, – but, but I think that the ref did pull him off and he kept it on. Like, I, I think – yeah, it, it wasn't like the ref didn't stop it. It was I remember of- there was
2: a controversy attached to that too, so yeah. I, I would have to go back and watch it again. Um, what what wasn't it an arm triangle or something like that?
1: It was so, it was something. It was it, yeah, it was something yeah. where you're just like, come on, dude. But I could I could see in your first look, the reason why they shouldn't put people in their first fight in Bellator is because your first fight should be in an LFA or something with that. and then by the time your eighth fight, is <laughs> up, you know, when you get to a point or Titan, right? When you get to that point. I think people just they, they like flip out. They don't under, It's just right. that it's too big. It's the, the moment's too big. Um, I'm having
2: such a good time talking to you that I, I don't want to chew up too much of your time. But I'm having a good time talking to you. But the the era <laughs> that I came from, that like as I was you know, coming up in the amateurs and stuff, you Titan and LFA, you know they're the second step. You had um, oh, right right whenever yeah. when I was when I was an amateur, uh, I was I was the heavyweight champion as an amateur for two different promotions. Uh, and those were the, you know, kind of the people that you made your, your climb up through, right? Yeah, so no, of
1: course. There's like XFC. So, there's stuff XFC,
2: like, I had yeah. gliders in the cage. I had pinnacle, I had- uh, Right, 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 traffic. of course. But- um, Where does Brave so, fit into that? <laughs> Brave is, I guess, Brave is signing talent. I have um, Phil Haas who trains with us. Another really good dude. He, um, I want to say he was with Brave and then he- Dude, uh, those, whenever, dude those,
1: those like Bahrainians have money. Uh, yeah, they do, and uh, they like fighting they fucking love fighting over there it's like um it's fucking wild
2: like the middle eastern guys and like the the like eastern european dudes. it's like they love it over there i i like man i don't know what i would have done if like that was a part of the culture instead of you know basketball and football and all that other stuff you know like
1: yeah of course they've been fighting since the crusades you know uh that's for like kind of <laughs> <laughs>
2: like kind of like, like on your show how you had like the, the character of the one kid is like he's like what do you mean i can't break his arm he's like oh yeah no I'm they, dude
1: that kid legitimately like his, his the kid had like came that was i actually coached that kid in real life he was on crutches on my wrestling team he was literally on crutches and his dad they're from chechnya was like he's fine i'm like he can't walk <laughs> he's like he's like no no he's good he's good i'm like all right like like it's a different mentality over there like uh it's
2: different yeah You know, it's it's, so I did a sports psychology thing and if if I'm taking up too much time, you let me know. But our uh Corey Peacock, our strength coach. Um Corey Peacock, our strength coach, uh had us had us do a sports psychology survey for the university he works at. And the the intrinsic motivation for fighters was based in like three different things, but the three things varied amongst um they varied amongst largely your, your, your nationality, your culture, your heritage. So they found that Americans mostly fought for, you know, the vanity of it all uh, people from like, I forget what subcult, which culture it was, but it was for money. But then the, the Eastern Europeans, the Russians, those guys fought because they just liked fucking people up. Like they wanted to, <laughs> they wanted to inflict pain on people. And I think, I think that you have to have all three of those intrinsically a little bit to be able to, you know, fucking get into a cage and fight people but um i really do feel like the more russians i meet you know I've, I've trained with a handful of really skilled russians um and you know the the eastern Bloc dudes and the you know whatever middle eastern guys and that really is it seems like for me the culture like they just fucking fight and it's part of who they are and it's it's, it's uh, to be able to beat somebody whose whose mindset really is just to go into a cage and beat the piss out of somebody is is it's just something different it's not the same as fighting you know some fat dude from the, mid- the Midwest.
1: So. Yes. Yeah, no, it's of course. I, I went that We were talking about that with, with uh, Khabib. We were just talking about that, like him retiring and how it's like, it's not like Mayweather where you see Mayweather blowing all his money and he's like, fuck, I got to pick up 30 million. So I'll fight. Like I, we, we think it's a different thing where it's like, he's, he's done fighting because he doesn't, like, what's the point right now for him to fight? You know, he, he it's not, money isn't the motivation. It's pride and respect and honor. And he's already accomplished that. Right.
2: So I think and, and like, so I'm at a wedding and the main event is, you know, that fight is ending as the wedding's beginning. And luckily, maybe a minute before the ceremony started, the, the fight had ended. Um, and, you know, whatever, like I, I watched, I watched a clip of the finish and, you know, I mean, whatever the, the ceremony starting. And um, my friend who was like actually watching it like on TV texted me and said "Khabib retired and i was like what so um you know whatever the ceremony finishes and i go online i'm already drinking i'm already emotional and like i'm reading you know everything about it and Khabib, like i read the speech and the, all that other stuff and you know said like yeah look like i promised my mom i wasn't gonna fight anymore like my dad my dad passed away i just you know whatever like want to put a bow on it and um i got really emotional like i couldn't help but i couldn't help but kind of um I don't know, I guess put myself in his shoes in the sense that like, not that I've accomplished anywhere near what Khabib's accomplished, but I guess I could kind of commiserate with the fact that like, he was like, hey, look, I came everything I did here to do. Um, fighting's really difficult. It's not something that, you know, people are innately programmed to do. So, um, you know, he, he finished up. He did everything there was to do. He beat like the legacy that he's left behind. And I know that the debate between him and John Jones is like, is, is raging on strong. But if we're talking about like, his actual, like, legacy, the people he beat and when he did it and how he did it is, like, is rivals the best of them. So um, I got really emotional when thinking, like, I, just how, like, I guess jealous of him or whatever or how happy I was for him that he was able to do what he did. And, like, you know, his dad passed away and he was still able to fucking turn around, got it out, beat a really, really tough dude, probably the number two guy at the time, um, and right off into the sunset on a win, promised came, he can – fucking honestly sit back. He can leave the cage, take his gloves off, call his mom, tell her, like, hey, I won. I'm never going to fight again. And that's, that's fucking beautiful. You couldn't write a story better than that. You know what I mean?
1: 1,000%. Well, listen, Tall Steve, you're the fucking man. Got to get you back on the show. Uh, of course. You can't wait for your next fight. Uh, you got to
2: give me, you give me a, a real seat spot. You can't have me on as, for these fucking little 10-minute clips here,
1: huh? 1,000%. <laughs> 1,000%. Uh, and take care, brother. I well. Well. Thank you, guys. Thank Please. you. Take care. I was tall Steve, good dude. Yeah, looking smart guy. Jesus, he's uh,
3: very, very uh, normal, down to earth, grounded. I mean, it, you know, not like some of the the, the <laughs> looser screws. <that laughs> we gotta get Hector
1: Lombard next to me. Gotta get Lombard on right like, before the election, like the uh,
3: Get Lombard and get uh um the guy we used to have on the show with us here for a minute. Uh, dang. <laughs> what's it shang and lombard no, no 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 the, oh, the we, fighter guy, i don't know his name's
1: escaping we, me now uh no you know cuckoo now he's back in jail Mayhem. so people me. i've i've not talked to mayhem directly but i've talked to people who've talked to him in jail he's doing much better he's writing me a letter he feels really bad about shit that went down Sounds like he's in a great place, honestly, mentally. Uh, that's good. Down. So that's all I know. Well, uh, And
3: we wish nothing but the best for him and always have. I mean, you've you've always done so much just to try and give him an outlet, you know? So, you know, nothing mayhem, but the best for
1: Mayhem. Sober Mayhem is unbeatable. Uh, you know, it just shows you how we really have to Even fight. by Mayhem. <laughs> we, we have to figure... Yeah, we have to figure out how to solve this fucking drug epidemic. I, I really think... I've lost so many friends... During this epidemic during this lockdown to drugs uh, I mean i've lost I've lost them physically people that went to rehab who went to jail it's it's it, the the drug culture is is probably the worst problem I think in America and uh we got to figure out and it's not just like crack or coke we're talking about like oxycotton and and people that abuse adderalls and you know all that stuff and the problem is is that these Doctors are giving them to the people, and then all of a sudden say stop taking them when they're addicted. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, uh,
3: they not- just had yeah, they basically just hand them heroin and a needle and go, all right, don't go crazy, <laughs> and then that's it. I mean, you know, and not- there's no follow up, there's no monitoring. They're just like, all right, I'm gonna give you all of this. You remember, you just take one at a time. You know. I mean, that's I mean, like giving a fat kid a, a whole bakery and being like, okay, just eat one cookie at a time. It's, it's not I mean, going to happen.
1: I and mean, look, obviously there's some self-responsibility that people have to have for when they, the stuff, you know, so it's not all the doctors, but at the same time, it's like, this was really, really bad uh, for people that have had substance abuse. This, this, and not to mention people were getting unemployment. So now you're getting paid to stay home and do drugs uh, or not to do drugs, people that were, <laughs> anyway, that's a whole nother fucking topic. Uh, I was going to say, I don't think that's quite the way the equation was. I'm not even, I have to think about this. All right. So Nate Diaz, let's we'll talk about Nate Diaz tweeted out recently after the fight saying, none of these guys know jujitsu. Uh, Poirier, Gaethje, McGregor. He goes, I ain't eating this shit up like y'all. Uh, and Then he said that uh, white belt. I don't know if he was talking about Poirier or, I mean, I don't know if he was talking about uh, Khabib or Gaethje. And then he wrote 29 and one. So that was, that was Nate's response to uh, the whole thing. Um, was, it, was that him trying to call out
3: Khabib in some way? It seems like it, and I mean the twenty nine and one seems like that's what he's referring to. Yeah, you know what? Sign me up because I'll watch
1: that.
3: <laughs> I, but I mean, the Diaz brothers aren't exactly—I mean, not that they don't know their jujitsu, not that they don't have it, but that's not really what they're known for.
1: No, they are. Are you kidding? That's what's what they are. I mean, they don't always use it, but they're insane in jujitsu. Yeah. I, again I'm not saying that they don't
3: have it I'm saying that's not what they're known for using they're known for their stand up for taking punches for swinging
1: for trading leather for getting their faces all chopped up that's but what they're, they're known for Bull. their jujitsu is like next level uh, but at the same time uh, they're just also just incredibly tough people uh, and they're just like but I don't know man I, I don't know that fight makes no sense to have Khabib come back and fight Nate Diaz I'm sure monetarily it makes sense but uh, it doesn't make sense. He just lost, he's coming off a loss to Masvidal at 170. So I'm not really sure what, but fuck it, right? Um, And then uh, Kevin Lee, his take was, if that's your career, it's a shame you didn't get to fight someone coming forward that isn't afraid to wrestle. I'll be here when you return. So uh, that's Kevin Lee's take. (laughs) I love the way everyone waits till the guy retires to take
3: a shot. Yeah. It's like, oh, you retired? Oh, you? Because you're afraid of me? That's why you. That's like, that's like waiting for the guy to leave the bar, and then be like, "He's lucky he fucking left." I was gonna fucking show him what's what. What's
1: up, people? The wait is finally over. Football is back. Look, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable. This season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. I start off by wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, Kevin Lee's also coming off a loss. Uh, but you know what? Another guy who uh, Kevin Lee, another amazing fighter. He's got—he's getting a new tattoo though. Uh, you can find it on on your Instagram. You guys, uh by the way, I'll, I'll make it so that you can you can share uh, if you can find it. Ween dog. This Kevin tattoo Lee Instagram. Yeah, I can't even describe this tattoo. Um, I—I I mean, you know, McCorkle knows about bad tattoos. Uh, I was gonna say as bad as a Nazi eagle that you didn't know was a Nazi eagle. Yeah, he got a Nazi <laughs> eagle.
4: Oh my God! All right.
3: All right, so oh, right. oh I love that. Oh, the build-up's fantastic.
1: Yeah, gotta gotta see, see this see one. All right, so this is Kevin Lee. Uh, what
4: the f- <laughs> fuck is that?
1: Oh my god, is, is that, this real? Yeah, he's really getting that. Uh, what is that? Is that the? I
3: believe called? it's an aerial view of a future tracked development. <laughs>
4: It looks like a level from Super Mario Brothers, like or Donkey Kong or something.
3: Yeah, Donkey Kong, classic Donkey Kong. Uh,
0: that- okay. maybe it's several thousand dollars in removal fees later. That's what it looks like to me.
3: Is that the Trump wall? <laughs> I, I, mean, I'm not- I think uh, it's a hot air balloon.
4: the comments.
3: Uh, <laughs> what it. is it? I don't I mean the, it's one thing to have something that you're like, oh, I can't believe you got that. But this is like what is it well i hope i don't know Mexico what it is paid
0: for that if, i hope kevin didn't pay for it um,
3: you know,
4: i have no idea what this is <laughs> is this supposed to be like a crown or something
3: i'm telling uh, you it's an aerial view of a future housing development <laughs> <laughs> like they haven't nice built the houses there. yet but they plan the streets. McCorkle, uh is this a good idea
0: yeah, I gotta, dude, I, man, I know they can remove tattoos now, but I would probably think that one through at least overnight, you know, like uh, maybe just, you know, like, I don't know, just give it a little bit of time, you know, don't do anything emotionally.
3: At like, least
1: uh, overnight. Uh, yeah. So speaking of bad tattoos, Josh Barnett beat that guy. He was fighting. Remember the guy with all the tattoos on his face? Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, Barnett won in bare knuckle boxing. It's uh, almost like the tattoos don't help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I was thinking I, w- I would think harder about getting that tattoo than I would think about buying one of the plots on the tattoo. Uh, you <laughs> know what I mean? I spend more time thinking so, about should I get that tattoo than should I invest in that property. It obviously yeah. diagrams. You hey, want to get
3: in on this subdivision now. They—it's right. they, they, it, <laughs> On the ground floor, you get a great deal right. on a nice
1: three-bedroom, 2 bed
3: You just spot right behind his
1: ear. I mean, is a bigger mistake mistake calling out Khabib or getting that tattoo. I mean, what do you think uh, on Kevin So Tattoo. uh, Ween dog. I was going to say the tattoo he definitely has to live with. (laughs) Uh, On YouTube, I I posted the video of the Josh Barnett fight. Uh, We could post a little bit of highlights of this. I'm sure we'll get taken down. On your Twitter? uh, Yeah, on my Twitter. So Barnett, you know, I was worried about his bare knuckle boxing. He fought the KSW champion. I guess they now have a bare knuckle boxing. degree. Is that what you fought, right,
0: KSW? KSW, man, they're awesome. That that is those guys over there that own it are bright, man. They uh, there was twenty five thousand people at each show I did. You know, they've got a wow. They've got a lot of experience. I guess they were in TV production before they even got into fighting to start their own fight promotion. But they've got Poland. It's weird because when you're over there, they'll tell you things like this guy's like your Vanilla Ice. Like they always compare everyone is someone's Polish something. So this guy told me this ring announcer told me he was like the polish wu-tang clan and i was like just you yourself and he's like yeah i'm like the polish wu-tang clan i was like dude that's that's impressive you know like I, even if it's that's just the, the joke polish that's reason, the
3: joke in and of itself
0: yeah that he, he was the actual uh they said that Pujanowski's brother was like the polish paris hilton mixed with vanilla Ice. no they way. said like uh like that's, if they said like he's a joke so, nationwide, so he I guess. sucks <laughs> yeah but i was like i don't know like, i don't know if Ice is much of an insult anymore he's kind of Kinda of cool,
1: but Well, I saw him in concert recently, uh like a year ago. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember
0: you posting it.
1: He did Ice Ice Baby and then he did uh he just did karaoke basically. Uh huh. I guess okay, so here's Josh Barnett's fight last week. Uh he looked good. I mean, I, I guess the other guy basically tells you where to hit him based on his tattoos. But he just <laughs> um I mean So I you mean, just you just tape your hands. So you put on the tape but no gloves. Yeah, but then also elbows are, are like legal in this.
4: Nice. So
1: Bare knuckle boxing and elbows as if bare knuckle boxing wasn't. The- but no, but no kicks
3: and no wrestling. Yeah. Weird. So, there's that elbow. You're right.
0: There Bart- Burnett's like the only guy that can get out of his UFC contract anytime he wants. I don't know what's UFC. You know UFC normally has you locked up through eternity. Like Josh Burnett can just go do it, fight wherever he wants, wrestle where he wants to do what he wants.
1: I don't know. He must have had a very lenient contract. I mean, he looked good though. Uh, so he took a big shot here in the second round. I like, guess this guy, look, this guy is a scary looking dude. Um, I, but Barnett is even scarier in some ways. Even with no tattoos, he he's like he's got those eyes that like if Barnett wasn't a fighter, he'd be Dexter. He might even still be Dexter. He <laughs> really out, like he's got bodies everywhere. <laughs> did uh, did, did I, I tell you
0: uh, I a, did I he, think about the time I blew uh, that? I blew who did I blow? No, I blew um, Barnett off when yeah he trained, yeah yeah like, yeah inviting me to train with him. I thought he was just some fan. Man, that was funny. I was like, thanks, man. I like all my fans, but, you know, I really trained my own guys. And, like, he just – he was so bad at me. I didn't know it was actually him.
1: So, so yeah, dude, Barnett, uh, go Josh, man. This is the be- – this might be the, the thing for Josh. I, I was nervous because Josh is so known for his grappling. He was never really known for his striking. Uh, but bare-knuckle boxing might be his thing um, along with the other stuff. So, yeah. So, uh, good for Josh. Good for Josh. Awesome. Is you think
3: Kevin Lee has a new nickname and that's what the tattoo is going to be about? Like where he's going to unveil and like he's going to be the chandelier or, or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> Connect Four.
0: <laughs> he's going to be Forest Glen subdivision. Yeah.
3: Forest Glen subdivision. Yeah. Desert
1: Palms. So John so John oh, Jones is very insulted that the calling could be the greatest of all time and not him posted a bunch of tweets, but you know what? Listen, he says he has a point. He goes, I fought much better people. Yes. The level of opposition has been better. I believe the John Jones, but he also has been busted for steroids. Once you're busted. I was going to say you,
3: yeah, you have to take in the, the whole, the totality of their time in the sport and his is patchwork at best. Whereas Khabib was a perfect
1: constant beginning to end domination. But not only that, I mean, he could be put the best guys they put in, f- in front of him, number one. Yeah. And number two, he, once you get tested positive of steroids, it's over. You're not in the conversation anymore. Nobody well, says he's, he's that. arguably
0: been beat three times, too, you know? So yeah. I mean, you can say he didn't dominate um, several of those guys, you know? There's at least three fights that could have gone either way. The one with um, his last one, I can't remember the kid's name, but I thought Dominic
4: you. Reyes, Tiago, Tiago Santos. Yeah, Reyes,
0: and then. Um, you know with um oh gosh Tiago Santos you. yeah Tiago Santos I thought one I, I mean when I watched I think he won Augustuson, that one and, and the first Gustafson fight and I thought it could have gone either way
1: so I, I don't think there's any Khabib fight where you could say it could have gone either way you know yeah. uh there was one but that was against I think uh, back at, like six eight, eight years ago against
0: was that his first fight he had one against gets a real good wrestler like uh Gleason something
1: pay bow.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that
1: dude also. I think he also got positive. Did he he, he test positive or maybe he should have? All right, so now (laughs) uh, Robert Whittaker. I'll tell you who impressed me the most was Robert Whittaker. Yeah, man. man, You know, I forgot how good he was based on his last two. I know he beat Darren Till, but I didn't think he looked that great against him. And he got dominated by Izzy, but he showed up to fight for this one and looked amazing. And uh, good for him uh man if he hadn't tried to
0: stand with izzy i still think he wins that fight like i don't know what he was trying to prove or what but his wrestling's phenomenal man and he i, th- I thought he could have put izzy on his back you know like put style bender on his back or at least threatened it you know but to just stand and trade with a guy i don't understand that mentality but um yeah i think uh i think he's the best um at 85 if there is man i think he's better than style bender i really do wow yeah but
3: you gotta you gotta think that whitaker's left leg right now is the size of a fucking balloon. <laughs> I mean. He was taking those that leg those leg kicks, man.
1: Woo! I'll tell you that other guy though was like out, and he that other guy showed a lot of heart and he came back in the third and almost uh almost really hurt Whitaker in the third round. I mean, if that fight would have went longer, I don't know what would have happened. Cause the third yeah. round it looked like he had that guy out, and then he came back. So props to him. Uh, Lauren Murphy won her fight. Super happy. Yeah. Win. Uh, she can love that girl. It's impossible not to like. Stefan Struve. It might be time to... It's time to hang him up, Struf. it's Again. To... Yeah, it's its not good. It's not good. Uh, I'll tell you, Casey Kenny, who we had on the podcast. And that was, was a fun fight. That was probably the most fun fight of the whole thing. And he looked great. Casey looked great. Daniel Wood looked good. Good for him. Uh, I felt bad for Wal Harris, another guy that I'm just like, you got You can't help but root for Wal Harris. With yeah. It seems like he just can't get to the next level, Wall. Or just can't. He beats guys that he, he, you think he's going to beat. Then that next level, maybe, maybe go to a different camp, uh, a bit, a bit with better guys or something. It seems like he's like the big guy in that Alabama camp. Um, but, uh, nothing but love to Walt. So this week, Douglas Lehman, Musasi, Henry Corrales versus Brandon Gertz. That's going to be a good fight. Corrales is a guy that's awesome fighter. And so is Gertz is always a tough guy. Um, also, uh, Ty Gwerder, who's dating your girl, Jesse Jess. He's fighting. Uh, and then Bobby Volker is back. There's a guy, McCorkle, from the Strike Force days. Bobby yeah. Volker, oh, wow. Hasn't fought since 2014. And Nick Newell, our buddy, good old uh, one arm Nick, who's fucking wow. uh, love Nick Newell. Um, he's fighting Zach Zane. I don't know anything about that guy, but uh, good Are for Are these him. Bellator fights? Are these Bellator? Yeah. This is on, on, on Thursday night. Thursday night. night. Oh, Thursday. Okay. Fucking cool. Fucking, uh, so yeah, that's a good card. Um, mystery card.
3: fights, they're fighting on the mystery fights.
1: The mystery fight, it's on the mystery network.
3: Um, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny thing.
0: Me, me and James krause got a big argument over whether Nick Newell had an advantage or not, not having a full arm. Like, krause kept saying it really is an advantage because you're so not used to it as a fighter that it throws you off, and like, you, you can't arm bar, you can't. You know use that arm do stuff and i, I was cracking up we argued about it for hours i was like you can't tell me that's an advantage that has to be a disadvantage he said no man it really is it's hard to you can't do anything on you can't submit him with that arm you can't do anything and he can do different positions normally you couldn't do if you had both arms i was like i thought he was just messing with me but he was dead serious i guess he's trained with him it was it had rave reviews on him so
1: you know what there, there there was that there was a a wrestler who was national champion wrestler with one leg And uh, God, I can't remember the guy's name right now. Please look it up for me, Wee Dog. He's awesome because I nothing but I I had a guy in the podcast for. And the thing was, people were like, thought he had an advantage, right? Because he would have been about like 190 if he had a second leg, right? Yeah, 135. But he could bench what a guy 190. He could bench like 300 pounds, you know, (laughs) Anthony Robles. Yeah, and then also as a wrestler, you're going for that leg, right? And it's just not there. At the same time, I understand that argument, but this guy has one fucking leg. I mean, so (laughs) and it's not like there's a whole league of people with one legs they can join, you know, Um, and same with Nick Newell. Like if there was a, a lot of guys with one arms, he could be the champ of that. But no, he's 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 awesome. So I understand both arguments. I don't think it's but it's hard to find it. You can't find the guy to train with that has one leg. To prepare for it. Kind of, it's hard to be a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Well, there, there was another guy, there was a documentary about a guy that had no arms, no legs, that was an MMA fighter. And uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I saw it. Like, the guy was a decent wrestler, like, in high school. I think he was, like, you know, like, 90 pounds or something. But, like, the guy, like, he was. I mean, he was, I the guy's name. Uh, but he, he had an MMA fight. But the guy, they but they changed the rules for him. You couldn't, like, you couldn't kick him like out of the cage, like you couldn't just like pick him up and punch him. <laughs> you know, but like, I think, I think that <laughs> But could you far. dip him in
3: barbecue sauce? <laughs> the
1: thing is, nobody wanted to fight the guy because imagine losing to a guy that because has. Because no he's
3: heart. a chicken nugget.
1: No, but the I, guy. Was- I actually I,
0: I remember that kid, man, and they almost had him fight in my brother's promotion, Legends of Fighting. They got a guy named uh, Scott um, Blevins who's going to fight him. Blevins is 0-16. Um, and they were going to do it. But the guy with no arms and legs literally said he wasn't going to fight Scott Blevs. He wasn't going to embarrass himself like that. So um, it was kind of sad for Blev. Well, the, guy, the guy
1: did pretty good. The guy who fought him, I watched the fight, just jabbed him for three rounds. Like the guy couldn't yeah. get close to him. Um, but it was actually not an easy fight. The guy, The guy was tough, the guy with no arms. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying he wouldn't be.
3: I mean, the guy's showing a lot of grit and he's making the most of his condition. You got to have a lot of love and respect for that. But they interviewed you know? but Dana it does, about it. But it does Dana. seem outrageous that anyone would sanction or promote that fight.
1: I mean, and come they, on. They actually asked Dana White about it. And then it was like, no, we can't have a guy with no arms, no legs. Like, like it's just, you know, come well, on. Well, you know,
3: I mean, I would be all for it if he was fighting another guy with no arms and no legs, you know, on a slip and slide. His name is Kyle wait, wait, something. Kyle. It's just it, no, it just seems like I don't know. I, mean, don't think, I, like, I respect like, I respect
1: the effort and the desire, but it's just that, come on now. But I was I was hoping the guy wouldn't punt it. Like like you catch a foul ball in the crowd, you can catch a person. You know, imagine like he goes into the you know like do you yes yeah. like do you throw him back or you know like what do you do? Like <laughs> I believe you I believe you're supposed tough. to tuck him
3: under one arm and then put your arm out like this <laughs> and oh, try to yeah. score a touchdown.
0: <laughs> what uh what if they put him up against the guy that killed harrison ford's wife in the fugitive that seemed like a fair match uh, yeah i it's The one our men
1: yeah so <laughs> at least there's so. somewhat so this saturday halloween night uh anderson silva okay versus now versus we're on to the real fight versus okay. uriah hall um i got uriah hall in this anderson is another guy who i love but i, I think but I what is it. he doing back again
3: come <laughs> on
4: he's 45 years old
3: Really, and yes. that's in, that's
1: in regular years, in fight years, that's like a hundred and eight. Well, the thing also, he's Brazilian, like so, like even with, remember what with Cubans? You never knew their age, like they like. I'm convinced the guy in the Dodgers was like sixty seven years old. That guy that was hitting home runs a couple years ago, <laughs> you know yeah. that guy. Like I think you just like make up an age. Like Yo Romero might be like ninety at this point. Like, <laughs> like. So I'm ready. Romero, sure. he Romero. So Uriah Hall. Dude, I told you when I was at the MMA awards uh, last year and you're right I was to the Uriah hall and everyone thought he was style bender. People kept congratulating him on, on like his win and he kept going like why? The that's party. the most racist shit. Dude, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I had to explain to him. He's like why do people say keep saying congratulations to me? And I'm like, man like they they think that you're style bender and then the look of, like, annoyance on his face. Like, I didn't want to be the guy to tell him that, you know? Like, it was it was so fucking awkward. But how do you – should I have not told him? <laughs> I should I have told you him think they think he grew- was Tank
0: Abbott just to see his reaction? <laughs> I think <You> they think <laughs> the Tank Abbott. Do like, oh,
3: okay. you think he grew facial hair because of that? He was like, fuck it, I'm <laughs> growing a beard. Uh, it was just like, man.
1: Um, so Let me
3: tell you something. Uriah Hall should win this fight, but I feel like if anyone could fuck it up, it would be Uriah Hall. Who do you think? So, so, uh, gun to your head, who wins? Uriah Hall. He should absolutely win. But again, if anyone could fuck it up, it'd be him. Sean? i go Anderson Silva, man, just because uh, he still has his moments
0: there, and Uriah does tend to fold under pressure. Not that this is the most pressure he's been under, but uh, I think Uriah is obviously younger, more explosive, uh, and probably the better fighter at this point, but I'd still say Anderson Silva if I had to go with a bet. Wean dog.
4: Well, Anderson has won one fight out of his past eight fights, and that one win was over Derek Brunson, which is a very controversial decision. I
0: didn't realize that.
4: <laughs> so, I mean, Anderson Silva, if you count out that Derek Brunson win, his last one before that was Stefan Bonner in 2012. No, that, can't, right? that doesn't even seem real, dude. That does not That's even a seem This is, yeah, I'm not, well, I'm not counting the Derek Brunson win because it was yeah, so controversial. Really, that is eight years ago, So, and he had the Nick Diaz draw, so I'm gonna pick Uriah, Uriah Hall, even though- yeah,
1: people I, thought that Diaz won that fight too. Yeah, so, um, So yeah, wow, that's Uriah. crazy. That is a crazy stat right there, um, wow. Yeah, like, I feel like this fight was made because they thought it was gonna be in Brazil, and they thought they were gonna sell tickets maybe, uh, yeah. you know, because uh, I'm not really <laughs> sure what. So, but I'll tell you what fight I am looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to that fight too. By the way, Uriah Hall is such a sweet guy. He came to my, my comedy show, and he's like, I should be mad and offended about all your jokes, but I love them. So, like, I like that's like my favorite compliment. <laughs> um Uriah. Andre, 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 Andre F- Philly versus Bryce Mitchell. This fight is gonna be an amazing be fight. fireworks. First of all, Bryce Mitchell is a wizard on the ground. Um yes. Andre Philly has insane stand-up and good jujitsu. um if it goes to the ground i think bryce mitchell wins if it keeps it standing i got philly all day i don't know this is a tough one tough one to call because i can't i'm even surprised the ufc is giving bryce mitchell such a hard fight because this guy has superstar i mean he's a big trump guy he's like he's a like a good old boy camo guy he's just such a fun guy to like he, he just represents a large Population in the U.S. of just like you know, just a fucking uh, fun
4: blue-collar, hardworking American. Blue-collar, hardworking
1: American. And uh, Philly, by the way, is a fun guy as well. He's also got a rap song. He's a, he's got like a rap group called Underground, called Outcasts and Underdogs. He was just at, he was also in a uh, movie recently um, where uh, with that Uriah Faber produced uh, that you can get on. Uh, I think you can get it on iTunes. Um, so I'm sure
4: it's a great movie
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: sure
4: it's going <laughs> uh, well, yeah. to it, be Oscar nominated
3: Well, To be honest it it's,
1: very, it's very heavy on stories so. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's about a drug it's about, it's about a weed Greenhouse I believe um, So anyway uh, All the fun. best movies are
3: <laughs> So who do we like in this fight And I love weed Let's keep that in perspective <laughs> Who do we like in this fight
4: Bryce Mitchell Of course Bryce
3: Mitchell
0: yeah, Perfect. I'm going to Mitchell.
3: Yeah. Now, now Andre Feely, as he now, okay. Last time I saw him, but that doesn't mean that this was his last fight. But I think it was he won. I I think how many wins is he coming off two wins?
4: One yeah, win. He,
1: he beat one um, win. He beat Sadiq Youssef, right? But it was well, he, no he
4: lost to Sadiq and oh, then he came back and beat Charles Jordan. And that was his yeah, last yeah, fight.
1: That game. was the last fight. And he looked great in that fight. Well he got dropped in first. He came back and won the second and third. First so one. I,
3: I liked him a lot. Of, I remember I remember thinking, oh man, he's back. He looks great. I, I mean Bryce Mitchell, thug nasty, should probably win this fight, but to be honest, I got I got an Andre Fee, touchy feely vibe.
1: I got feely as well. Uh now Kevin Holland versus Mahmoud Maradav. I, I know that <laughs> the u.s is really i mean uh,
3: that came out so natural
1: the ufc is really behind kevin holland i think he lost his last fight against a dentist uh it was a weird fight but kevin holland's really good he beat that guy that um that
4: joaquin buckley
1: yeah he beat joaquin buckley uh, who just had that crazy kick you know that crazy the guy caught his foot and he kicked him in the head right oh what he a beat kick. that guy um they're really high on i don't know much about Mahmoud maradov he sounds like he's from Pakistan. Uh,
4: Uzbekistan.
1: Uzbekistan. I was gonna say he's not
3: Dagestan. He doesn't have Easter Island head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's he's from the stand though. Any of those guys from those stand countries uh, are uh, are tough. Um, so I don't I don't know about this one. The fight though I'm looking forward to is Maurice Green He's a guy that was, he was knitting on, he was knitting on the Ultimate Fighter, the huge black guy that was getting drunk the entire time and knitting. I mean, you could not find a more unlikable character until you see his opponent, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, uh, exactly. There you go, exactly. But everyone that trains with Greg Hardy says great things about him. Um man, talk about a guy though, Greg Hardy. Yeah, but the good things they say about him are like, yeah, man,
3: he brought all this beer. He picked <laughs> up the tab, he picked up the tab for all the barbecue sandwiches. <laughs> like no, it's not, they it's say nothing that, to do with the fucking fight. They say he's
1: very humble, willing to learn, has a huge upside, uh, and is fighting. I know Dean Thomas trains him uh he is a tough motherfucker though there's no denying
3: that the last couple of fights he didn't win by being a great fighter he won on pure toughness the fights that he did win now do
1: you think though that greg hardy right now is like looking back and being like football was so much easier and paid so much more like man that man did i fuck that up or do you think (laughs) that he just likes his career
0: no nah, I, I would i don't know how it is to play in the nfl but i can't imagine it's as stressful as fighting in the ufc and the pay can't be anywhere near uh what it is uh, i would say i didn't really care much for greg hardy um until this will be sound weird but I, when he cried the first time he lost like was absolutely just inconsolable when he lost that actually impressed me that a guy cares that much because there's not a lot of guys that take it that serious that they would actually cry publicly when they lose you know like it hurt him that bad so i thought man this guy really does want this you would think a that's already rich or an athlete like that'd be like oh you win some you lose some you know but uh he, well uh, he when, you're, like he when really you're staring at man.
3: the exit to last chance cafe it can uh <laughs> <laughs> it, it,
1: you it know, can get a
3: little emotional knowing there's no more stops on this train you know <laughs> what I mean? you, so, uh, you, maybe you, that was uh, it maybe a you know. play
0: like in the cfl <laughs> or
3: something <laughs> greg uh i don't know maybe i uh, but i imagine he had the same problems he would have the same problems up there that he had down here which is you know, all the off the field stuff. So they may he not. Said, I mean, Canada is filled with nice people. I don't know. If they wanted Greg, Greg Hardy up there. <laughs> he
0: said he was on the last chance track.
3: <laughs> he is. Like, he's falling off everything else. This is it. And he, now he's like, oh my God, I can't.
1: Don't let me go. Please. This is it. Well, but then, he, for a while, it was like funny, though. Like, remember the first fight? Like, it was always something weird that happened. Like, first he had like an inhaler. But like he had like a secret uh, inhaler that's yeah. like, you know, that wasn't allowed and people were like, what the fuck is going on? And then like, didn't he say something else that was, he was cheating. Didn't he kick the guy in the head when he was down or something? Yeah.
4: he yeah, Like knee him it's, in the head.
3: Like yeah. I was waiting. Well, for but him. I think that was more about just not knowing the rules <laughs> than, than actually <laughs> intending to do something against them. You know, I mean, he barely, I think he'd been in, in, in fighting <laughs> like, total- for six months at that point you thought on the
0: last the last chance train all no
3: holds were barred like you do whatever exactly you like, it's like you can't do that i thought it was the last chance train I, uh.
1: I was waiting by for the, like the way that.
3: guys has anybody been watching any of this stuff about nexium and that guy keith ranieri who was supposed to be like the smartest man in the world and he created a sex cult basically you guys watch any of this no. is that on netflix no. i do it's on HBO, and now there's, a, like, a new one coming out, I think, on Starz. So there's, like, these competing documentaries about this, about this dude. Apparently he has, like, a 200-plus IQ, and he started, like, you know, this kind of, you know, like, a, like, like Scientology kind of a thing. But, but the main thing was at the top, it was a sex cult. For him. It like, and it got, like, actresses that were working on TV shows to join. Yeah, yeah. all these people were involved in it, and, like, and it exploded. because It was going to be the next big religion until they found out about the sex cult and the branding. He was branding women as his own and shit like that. Well, apparently, this just came across the newswire. He just got sentenced to 120 years in prison. Wow! So
0: he's off the last train. He's they threw-
3: <laughs> exactly. They've shown him the exit at Last Chance Cafe, and it's I, over. I it well, they, they maybe it i documentary. Documentary. Maybe like in jail. Was like. I was gonna, think, but can you imagine? Basically, he's Lex Luthor. He's this evil genius <laughs> who's
1: in jail now. And I remember, like when uh, they used to have like pro wrestling, WWE, they would like ban people. They'd be like, "You're banned for three hundred years." you're banned for life and twenty years. They would like just in case you came back, you had twenty right. years. <laughs> just in case you died,
3: and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, and they're like, oh fuck. Oh well, good <laughs> thing another twenty though, another twenty. <laughs> like, man, I a... never understood that life and twenty years. Uh, what a terrible
0: wake up. Like you wake up after get a second chance of life, you're like twenty years still like shit.
3: <laughs> but like, you know what? Like...
1: Just put me back out. Uh, Bobby Green's fighting again I think that this is good I think Bobby Green every week is just fight it seems like he gets like he gets uh, distracted and then fucks up and then like I think sometimes this quarantine is good for people like that he's fighting Tiago Moises Uh, I don't know much about uh, tell me about Tiago Moises Joe
4: He's thirteen and four. He's coming off a win over Michael Johnson. Uh, before that, he lost to Damir Ismagulov. Yeah. Uh, so he's on like a like a win loss streak right now. But he's coming off a win. Yeah, he's- that was
1: about Michael Johnson. Which, by
4: the-, the
3: way, if you're ever looking for an exotic meal, you got to try the Demir Asmagulov. It's so <laughs> good. It comes in this rich sauce, chunks of mystery meat. You're gonna love it. That was. The Did five- they five- serve that at, at the Last Chance Cafe? Yes, they served that at the Last Chance Cafe.
1: That was, well, fight
0: I Michael,
1: be, Johnson I was I Michael Johnson was killing him, right? And then, he, like, I got rid of the fight. He, like, <laughs> he got, he got like yeah. a
2: yeah. Lock.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I have no idea how this fight turns out. Uh, I mean, it looks like Thiago Moises is good on the ground. He has five submission wins. Uh, he's only lost to via decision. So, who knows how this goes? He might get outboxed on the feet by Bobby Green, but I can see Thiago taking Bobby Green down and maybe submitting him or whatever.
1: And then Chris Gutschmeyer, who's actually – he's fighting Alex Hernandez. He was the guy that, like, knocked out Benil Dariush. They were calling this dude the next big thing. But he got beat by Donald Cerrone. He got TKO'd by Drew Dober. Uh, he beat Trinaldo. He beat OAM. So uh, this dude – he's a good fighter. Obviously, he's a little inconsistent. Chris Gutemeyer has been, like uh, – he's a guy that, like, came out of nowhere. I've been following him for a while. But uh, he's – he just beat Joe Lozon by TKO – he lost Davi Ramos. He lost to Chad Skelly. He beat John Gunderson. That was a long time ago. Uh, no, no. It's Joe Lozon. Chris Gutzmeyer, Fucking MMA junkie is weird. Uh, t- who, who's he coming off? Uh, he He's coming
4: out? off a win over Joe Lozon back in April of 2018. TKO uh, cornerstop. That, sure? that
1: was a while ago. Yeah, I so. Like that, but I, I don't feel like that's right. That's according to what?
4: This is, I'm on sure dog.
1: Oh, wow. So he hasn't fallen in a while.
4: Yeah, two years.
3: Ooh, that'd be tough. What was he doing, do you think? Was he injured? Was he, you know? No, no. In rehab? Was he in jail? What, what, what that's- <laughs>
4: Who knows? I, I'm
3: just saying that's a long, it's a long time span. I, I, I'm wondering what took up that time, you
1: know? Then we got Kevin Nativad, who we just had on the podcast fighting Miles Johns. It's a good fight. Courtney Casey, I like her. She's nine and eight, but she's actually much better than nine and eight. She's dating Dracar close against Priscilla Koshera. Uh, tell me about Share, Sil- Joe.
4: She just beat Shayna Dobson via KO in back in February. But then she was on a three-fight losing streak. She lost to uh, Luana, Carolina, Molly McMahon, Valentina Shevchenko. So this could be – this is just like, you know, don't bet on this fight because we don't really have I was going to say, connection. yeah, this is a coin
1: flip right there. <laughs> uh, now, this is, now, all this going on on Halloween. Are you guys doing anything for Halloween?
4: Who knows? I don't think so.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going
3: uh, as, has Greg on the couch. Uh, Sean McCorkle?
0: No, I'm going to probably, um, put some candy out and a little, uh, thing for some kids and then watch out the window, wait for someone to try to take more than one and then confront them about it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, and then just give them a little spanking, just right. a little, <laughs> just a little six foot 11, 385 <laughs> pound little baby spanking.
0: You're You'll so, never do it again. No,
1: sure. i will really, never do it again. I think you're actually going to do that. I honestly think... That's that,
0: actually, that actually was kind of my plan to put it out there and just wait for somebody to try to take a bunch and go out and confront them on it, give them a good stare on Halloween.
1: Oh, you're yeah. not going to dress like a certain comic? <laughs> no, but, I was, <laughs> was going to say, really,
3: we really... Oh. Lo- we, we started out hot on the shop train <laughs> and then... uh We got off very fast. You know what a buddy of mine used to do, and he loved doing it, but I thought it was so cruel. But he thought it was so funny, was he would dress up like a scarecrow or whatever, and they'd put the bowl of candy out, you know, with the please just take one thing. And then he would just sit there in a rocking chair like he was a stuffed, you know, thing. And then when they would come up and get the candy, he'd be like, blah, blah, and just fucking, <laughs> and the kids would lose their minds. Oh and he would do it every, over and over all night long. And I just thought it was so cruel. I, I was like, these poor kids are scarred <laughs> for life. And he
1: thought it was the funniest shit ever. So I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, when, mm-hmm. I think, when I was younger, kids these two kids in my in middle school they had like a dummy a giant dummy that like that like it was like a life-sized person it looked like a person and they would go on like a bridge and then they would like every time a car would come like a, a stoplight like under the bridge kind of they would they would throw it off or No, while people were driving people thought they hit it they, they killed somebody and then they would just laugh like while the person got out of the car and thought they murdered yeah. like these when you
0: uh <laughs> when you said something about a giant dummy and somebody killing themselves. Uh, I thought you were talking
1: about Brendan shop again. There it is. There it is. <laughs> we said someone laughed. I was like, well, shop couldn't have been there then. So, we uh, three. last week we found out your girlfriend had COVID. You were very yes. worried. Did you get tested?
4: I got tested, and I tested negative for COVID. So, she's getting tested again today to see if she's still positive. Maybe it was just a false positive. The thing is, like, these – There's CVS, uh, they do like drive through self testing things where you just drive up to the pharmacy window and they give you like a cotton swab kit. Yeah. How, I mean, you're supposed to shove those Q tips really far up your nose. The average person, I don't think, knows that you're really supposed to shove it way up there. They just say put the Q tip in your nose, twist it, do the other nostril. I mean, how many false positives? are out there because people don't really understand how to do a a proper self test with these COVID kits, you know? So,
3: yeah, it's almost like we should have had some kind of national strategy from (laughs) the beginning, you know, (laughs) where we took the lead on this and made sure we had reliable testing available readily nationwide. It's Weird that that didn't happen. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's something to think about next Tuesday.
1: Okay.
3: (laughs) So uh, what do you have coming up? We know,
4: Nothing, just go subscribe to the Joe Perez Show on my YouTube channel, and that's it, dude.
3: Uh, Greg, anything coming up? Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, uh, follow my my podcast, both in video and, uh, uh, you know, regular audio, Fantasy Football, Harsh Reality. And then today, I'm releasing the final part, part three of the documentary about my sister, The Girl Who Died Three Times, And of course, uh, if you contribute to her kidney transplant, GoFundMe, the link is uh, usually in the comments of the video. So please check that out. It's it's very and it's all about demonic possession and seeing ghosts and the afterlife and uh, stuff like that. So it's very Halloween fucking spooky ass shit, man. The Girl Who Died Three Times on YouTube. Uh, McCrugle, what do you got?
0: Uh, Look for me terrorizing children
1: on Halloween night. (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
0: More candy than they were offered.
1: Yes, uh, and uh, if you're in Alameda, California, I'll be headlining the Alameda Comedy Club uh, the first week in December. I got some dates coming up uh, in November. Uh, also, New Year's Eve, I'm at the LA Comedy Club in Las Vegas at the Stratosphere to do my comedy special December 18th uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, you guys are great. Thank you guys so much. See you guys next week. You guys are the best. Take care. Bye-bye.
3: See you, guys. See you later.